1: Hello and welcome to Black Mirror Cracked, the podcast for all your Black Mirror needs. My name's Achandrika and I'll be your host. Today we've got a very special guest, Um, an actor from the episode San Junipero, the award-winning episode.
0: I was just blown away by how incredibly... Intelligent and engaging the show was, so I'm I'm so glad that it's finally hit the U S. and everybody's talking about it here as well. I'm Raymond McAnally. I played Greg in the episode of San Junipero Black Mirror.
1: So you're a Black Mirror fan yourself,
0: but I first heard about it in the U S. from filmmaker friends um, abroad, and I was I was incredibly excited when Netflix started to carry it over here, not knowing that the the future held you know brand new productions.
1: So yeah, what is it like as a Black Mirror fan to get that script?
0: I guess a fan of any show that you get a chance to to work on, there is there's no better feeling than to get to see behind the curtain and to actually work on the material. So I it, I booked the show. It was I think four days before Thanksgiving. And We were. I was told at the time we were the first Americans brought over. Um, a few of us were the first Americans brought over to film the new series. And I think Santa apparel was actually the first one to shoot. And so there I was, you know, my family was actually flying, um, in for Thanksgiving. And luckily my wife is uh, an incredibly wonderfully supportive, uh, <laughs> wife. And she said, go, you have to take this opportunity. So I left as my, literally as my mom was flying into California, uh, for the holiday. <laughs> so I, I I had very little time to to completely bury myself in the script um, until the day I left. But it was it was like this golden ticket, this you know piece of uh, I don't want to be sacrilegious, but just piece of you know scripture that I get to 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 walk around with and hold on to and and study and and hopefully bring to life in a good way.
1: I've spoken to a few actors from the show for the podcast. Everyone says they're a fan already, and they're so excited. Um, what what is it about the show?
0: Well, as an as an actor, you know the scripts are so well crafted. They, there's so much, uh, as we say, meat on the bone. You know, you can really sink your teeth into the characters and the storyline and everything going on with you is is very very clear as a character. Uh, so that's a joy to work on. You know, it reminds me of of a good play in that way. There's there's an importance to the way every line is crafted, it seems. Um, and that's, that speaks to the literary ability of the writer. Um, Charlie and Annabelle were fantastic. I had just gotten to London and they were kind enough to, you know, I was coming from the West coast of the United States. So they were kind enough to give me some downtime, um, to kind of get over some jet lag so that, so that I'd be ready to go. And unexpectedly I was called to set, I think the first day. And I thought, Oh my gosh, I, I guess I need to I need to be ready. And they called back and said, "No, we didn't mean to uh, to freak you out, but but Charlie and Annabelle would just like to meet you." So I went to set and I met Charlie and Annabelle, and it felt like a collaboration. It felt like the the kind of set where everyone was valued, and I. Coming from the United States, I was also just kind of blown away at the way takes were run, the way uh, we we accomplished each scene. Um, It wasn't wholly and completely different by any means, but but there was a familial quality that you normally only get to see when a show's been up and running for a while in the U.S. uh, When the the crew and the cast and everybody kind of gel and get to know each other, but this seemed to have that right away and I think that was because of Charlie and Annabelle.
1: From the Greg on paper, how did you envision
0: him? The thing that struck me was his willingness to help this I mean in a large part stranger. They had I don't know if it made it into the the final cut, but they had communicated a lot, um, at least in the the original script, um, over the um, San Junipero system and so they had a way for the, the people in the, the hospital to communicate with uh, people like Yorkie and people in her kind of comatose state. and so he did know her um, and they and I took it that they were friends, but it, it's a big leap for a human being to kind of cross that bridge into I see a wrong here and I'm actually actively going to do something pretty pretty drastic and something that alters my, you know, my uh, at least recorded life to an extent, to put yourself on record as having married someone um, and all of that. And I just felt like that that was the key into this very, what seemed like an incredibly open-hearted person. And then that fed into how he reacted when sharing the information. And there there are so many clues in the writing, if you want to find them, um, that I really don't know where my take on Greg started and where the script ended. It It was easy to understand who he was just off the page.
1: It's a bit like greg is willing to have a a green card marriage almost but the green card is to san junipero because Yorkie can't get there any other way
0: i I think that's a great i think that's a great comparison
1: it's a favor he's doing it's a really kind thing and Usually, a character who's introduced just after the twist in Black Mirror, who knows what's going on in the way Greg does. Usually, they're very cynical, grim, like mm-hmm. Rollo Haynes in Black Museum. Like, oh god, this world is horrifying. But actually, Greg is the opposite, and such a surprise.
0: Yeah, actually, when I came to visit set um, to meet uh, Charlie and Annabelle, I didn't get to meet Owen because uh, Owen Harris, the director, because he <laughs> because he was just swamped. I think maybe we did meet in passing real quick but they were filming the the reveal that um Yorkies first walk through the the club in san junipero the bar and uh, tucker's i think is the name so i i rolled in and there was this just incredible cast of dancers and and people that i thought i mean it didn't feel like i was even rolling up to a set it felt like i was rolling up to the party <laughs> and uh so that was a fun introduction. And then working with Owen was so much fun. You know, as a, as a stage actor which I think was one of the things that interested them and me as um, a choice. Um, It's very rare, you know, if you're shooting a a series, at least over here in the US, you'll get your master shot, um, which kind of encompasses the whole lay of the land. And then you will start parsing up the, the dialogue a little bit as you go from master shot to two shot to close ups. And we never did that. We ran it every time like a full scene um, like you would in my experience more more in a in a play situation and I kept waiting you know for us to start isolating things and getting moments that that Owen wanted and he just as a director wanted to let it live and and let any tensions or anything that were going to come out come out in in uh, the full scope of the scene instead of parsing it up and I think that's a testament to or i think that led to one of the things people respond so viscerally about the episode is that there was there was life being lived um in a more continuous way at least in the scenes that i shot and the things that i i saw being shot
1: you're right it's actually a really long take when greg is sat at the table with the older kelly character and is kind of explaining to her what things have been like for yorkie and her family and her background
0: Mm -hmm. you know it's it could be very expositional. You know, it could come across as very, like, I'm just giving you the backstory. And Owen worked with, you know, with both of us on, on reminding us, uh, you know, of, of the circumstances for these characters and, and all of that. So it didn't slide into this. And here's the backstory the audience needs, you know, sort of thing.
1: I agree with you I think it could have been really exposition-y but a couple of things are happening the audience is desperate to work out what's going on he's a nurse but he's part of the kind of that machine which is we've just discovered there is a machine it, it was a simulation it wasn't real in the way we you and me are real i suppose but mm-hmm. but yeah again he's he's a kindly guide to this as opposed to the ending of white bear where the, the reveal is horrifying and right. um i spoke to douglas hodge um in an earlier episode for rollo haynes and black museum yeah. but he's he's also you know works on the stage a lot like you and mentioned similar things how you're both used to tv being a certain way but this is closer to theater mm-hmm. um what do you what's a great benefit for for you as an actor and for your fellow actors and and do you think the audience gets something different from Black Mirror because it takes from theater a bit more mm.
0: Yes. I think you get more depth of character. I think um, the actors, when you're, when you're asked to run full scenes and you're asked to work more like we do in the theater, um, you know, good film acting and television acting is, I, I, don't, I don't draw a distinction between any of them, but there is something to be said for letting a scene run, whether it's on stage or on screen, letting the actors find the moments in between um, and find what strings together the moments by having to live it instead of stopping and starting and, and having time to think, you know. Um, almost every school of acting boils the definition of acting down to um, the phrase acting is doing. And that is very true. Oftentimes, actors can get very in their head, um, as we say, about what is to happen next or why they're saying what they're saying instead of feeling it in their in their bodies and discovering it like we do in regular everyday conversation. There's a lot more long takes and life in between lines and moments. So
1: how long were you on set for overall then?
0: It was maybe three days, I believe. Um, and then I was very jealous that the rest of the cast got to go to uh, uh, Cape Town. <laughs> The American 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 even though I loved my trip to London, it, it had uh, been a couple of years since I'd been there. So um, it was quite wonderful. And I think my third day on set was actually my birthday. Um, and it falls uh, near Thanksgiving as well. So I had, they threw me a, a quick little birthday party um, on, I believe that was the day I wrapped, uh, which was a lot of fun to be spending your birthday, not only working, but working in another country. And then, uh, and then they also threw the American, a, a thanksgiving on that thursday uh so my first day on set i think was was technically our thanksgiving holiday here in the u.s and uh so uh the caterers made us a thanksgiving dinner <laughs> while we were working it was actually really really nice um yeah the um all the beach scenes i think all the interior san junipero scenes um were sh- were still shot in london uh we shot uh all of the, I guess, I've always struggled to, to say what that facility is. Um, it's not a nursing home, um, some sort of advanced assisted living. Um, all of that was shot in London. I believe all of it was shot over, for the most part, at the Olympic Village.
1: I interviewed um, the lady who voices the dating app from Hang the DJ. So Gina Bramhill, oh, yes. she it went out like two weeks ago. She was really good fun, and she said her um, her script didn't have the ending, and not not because I think she's not allowed to see it, because she's not in the end. She's not in the last scene because they kind of uh-huh. but we, we, we switch to the real world. It's actually really similar to San perry that we're in a simulation and we don't know it, and then we move to the real world, and the the dating app coach isn't in that so she didn't know until she watched the show when it came out on netflix that's so funny so did you get to know like did you know what was happening in terms of the plot
0: i I think we benefited from being kind of the the first show um we were kind of under the radar nobody a lot of people didn't even realize it was coming back around um or that they had started production at least so nobody was out there I guess internet sleuthing for scripts and stuff, but that's sadly it's becoming more and more common that when you go to audition for shows, um, and sometimes even when you do get the script, if it's a well-established show with a lot of uh, following, you don't get all the tools um, that you used to get as the actor. Um, You know, it's it can sometimes be like pulling teeth to get a full script for even just to audition. You know, you've been given. Twelve to fifteen pages of material to to read for the audition, um, but you don't know the rest of the script, and that can be kind of kind of frustrating when you're trying to craft the full character. You know,
1: when when you first read that script, was it easy to imagine? What what did you think? Were you really surprised by that twist, or did it kind of make a lot of sense? Or what was it like?
0: I you know I my memory of reading it was the same as, as, uh, watching, you know, my wife and friends, um, see it for the first time. Cause my, my wife was also already a fan of the show. Uh, I turned her on to it. So, um, she had seen all the, all the episodes of the pre- previous seasons. So she actually, she was like, she would put her fingers in her ears if I mentioned anything or was running lines because she, she just wanted to wait until the episode came out. And, uh, but i sat there reading the script and i remember having a very similar reaction i remember just you know as you're turning the page you're like how does this work how does this world come together and then um or how is this possible for them to to be to be living here and um but also in san junipero and i th- i think that's probably the way it is to read every black mirror script you're, you're you cannot help but just be a full on audience member the first time you're reading something like that, because it does kind of fire all pistons. It, it makes you sit there and go, wait, how, do, how does this work? And then you get a just get just enough information that keeps you hooked, keeps you hooked, keeps you hooked. It's a, it was actually a really exciting script to read.
1: That's so great how you describe it. It's, it makes you like an audience member because you have to try and imagine what's coming around the corner and what's this going to become and what does this mean?
0: right because oftentimes as the the actor you know especially when you just have um you know less than 24 hours to prepare the audition you're 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 trying to understand the script on a whole other level and for whatever reason i for lots of good reasons i couldn't do that with that script i had to read it once just just to read it you know just enjoy it
1: guess because black mirror is taking us into new worlds that you have to try and understand what's going on first and and what facet of human life it's taking way into the future. And then you get into well, what part of this is my character have and
0: mm-hmm. how
1: do I make it live?
0: I think that's part of the complexity, what you just described, what makes these episodes feel like films. These are each each one is a new world. And as an audience member, you have to you have to engage yourself um to understand you have to be committed to it to understand what that new world is and and luckily they i mean i think that's one of the reasons it's so loved when somebody's turned on to it is these worlds are so engaging you kind of cannot help but but fully jump in and and do your best to figure out where this is going and put yourself i don't think i've watched a single black mirror episode that didn't make me ask that that engaging question of what would I do if I was in this situation? You know, what what if I was Yorkie or Kelly, what would I do?
1: Yeah. It, I mean, gigantic philosophical questions are asked in San Junipero.
0: Well, I think secretly that's what we look for in, in art, in expression. We, we, we spend so much of our daily lives trying to avoid those big questions because we have to get through the day. We have to do our jobs. We have to, you know, feed the kids. We have to, um, have these, you know, momentary, um, flashes of, of normalcy. Um, and so that we subconsciously seek out things that remind us that there is, there are more important questions out there. I mean, I always have, I, I was a philosophy major in college and even uh, studied at Oxford uh, for a summer um, studying philosophy. And I, so a show like this really, really speaks to me. So, but I don't think it's just because of the way I'm hardwired and my, my affinity for asking these big questions. I do think most people um, like to be reminded that they haven't figured that out and that there are Multiple different possibilities, multiple different scenarios one of the one of the things I loved most about um, studying philosophy was when i when I had to defend my dissertation you know we we will spend the next two, three thousand years still asking these these questions, and to me that 's exciting and I think that is the basis for part of black mirror's success it 's very human to to wonder about these gigantic questions that might never be answered. Technology can't take away these difficult questions. You actually end up kind of opening Pandora's box and, and creating more problems than you had in the first place. You know, it's, it's, we, we talk about it in terms of, you know, what, what Yorkie and Kelly are facing in this story is very similar to the ethical questions that come up in the medical industry around, you know, uh, gene therapy and elongating life, they're playing God, they're elongating life perhaps beyond the natural um, intent. So how do we deal with the fact that technology can do this? um, And how do we figure out as societies around the world what we're comfortable with? So that, that moment at the end it kind of snaps you back to the other part, the other reality in the story. Um, so I think I've come away thinking more about that. Like, where are they? What? How? How is their consciousness now in a machine? Um, so I hope I, you know, making that kind of commitment. It's it kind of reminds you of what what we're all agreeing to when we when we do get married, when we do, or we we find that significant other and we say that. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. It it just feels so much more final, or so much more um, of a of a commitment to say I'm going to be uploaded into a machine with you for for the rest of our consciousness. Because it's not just the rest of our lives, and my heart stops and I'm gone. It's my conscious, which assuming. I assume can live on forever. It's, it's a crazy complex thought.
1: <laughs> Yorkie situation reminds me of the other very important character in a coma and um, Carrie in black museum in the second story. Mm-hmm. And you can really understand the impulse to want to communicate with someone in a coma. And I think the, the idea of a coma again, brings up gigantic, philosophical questions and it, it recurs in Black Mirror it's clearly something Charlie Brooker and Annabelle Jones are really fascinated with um, but yeah. in this case it's kind of a really the most positive outcome you can have
0: yeah yeah it was so interesting you know as the, as the actor you're thinking about the internal life of the character so I, I don't tend to, to think a lot about my um, the, the way I might be coming across on camera and it wasn't until we saw the 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 footage, um, till I saw the footage, um, that I love the way that Owen. If you, all the shots of me um, are from an up angle, um, or they're they're at a, they're shooting up at me, and you get to see this huge size difference between myself and Elder Kelly. Um, I mean, she's just tiny compared to me, especially with the way the the shot is made. And, and it, I realized just as a, as an audience member watching it and removing myself from the character, that's, it was this beautiful way to accentuate that character's protectiveness. Here you have this big, you know, teddy bear, um, you know, he could, he could pick her up and wrap his arms around her and, and hold her and protect her um, like an angel, like, like um a security blanket and uh just enveloper, you know and it 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 i think it's just beautiful um whether intentional or unintentional it's just adds to those layers in the story you know
1: yeah i mean the song is heaven is a place on earth and charlie bricker did say that they weren't sure they could do the episode without that song
0: right well, I know. And that soundtrack, I would love to see the numbers on how the sales of that song <laughs> skyrocketed. Um, but there's all kinds of, uh, I'm surprised that there hasn't been a, a Tucker's pop-up. I don't know if those are, have have caught on in London, but my wife and I just went to a Twin Peaks one here in Los Angeles. And they seem, to, you know, these themed pop-up bars and restaurants that kind of capture the, the vibe and feel of a show. Um, I should probably Google and see if anybody's thought to do a Tucker's because it uh, it would be a good one. I think they would <laughs> they would roll for quite a while on that um, motif.
1: Thank you so much for agreeing well, to be on you. the podcast. What made you what made you say yes? The,
0: the fact that it was about Black Mirror. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of um, it's kind of effortless. Uh, you you can't help it. But want to engage with that audience. Everybody that has written me and um, has, you know, said that they were a fan of the show and a fan of the episode, they've been just the best version of of internet conversation. You know, um, I don't know if that's because it tends to speak to people who are who are engaged with, um, you know, ethical and moral questions or not, but it's not the normal, you know, internet trolling and weird commentary that you can sometimes get when people see you on screen and feel feel the impulse to reach out to you. Um, All the Black Mirror fans have been uh, really cool to talk to.
1: So that was Greg from San Junipero. Amazing to speak to him in real life and really great to get a bit of a glimpse behind the curtain of of the San Junipero set so if you've got any thoughts about today's podcast episode about San Junipero, about Greg um, do tweet us at Black Mirror I love saying that every time so Black Mirror C three R's for the Black Mirror Cracked um, Twitter handle or you can get me directly on at Sachandrika C and again both these handles are written on whichever platform you are listening to this podcast on we love to hear your thoughts so definitely tweet us so if you enjoyed this podcast please do rate review subscribe upload it to your consciousness if that's a thing yet and uh, just generally let other black mirror fans know it exists and that's it for today speak again soon bye